one time in my life that I was like, oh, this is, this is just me being utterly stupid. But um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I thought that buffalo were extinct um, because I lived in Oregon. I lived right on the Oregon Trail. And it's just a story of like, you know, them being extinct or being killed off the masses. So Native Americans couldn't eat them. And when you go into like the Oregon Trail um, museums. There's always like a stuffed buffalo. I'm like, oh, these are really cool. And I was driving uh, to take a class out in the rural parts of Oregon. And I had to like stop my car on the highway. And you know, the scene in Jurassic Park where they're like in little Jeep and they stop and they like climb out the top to look at the giant walking dinosaurs. That was me. But I was looking at a herd of buffalo. Um, and I like, climb out of my car and I'm like, what is this? And I realized they weren't extinct. I was just stupid. Um, but I had never, <laughs> like, I, honestly, the dumbest moment in my entire life. And I want to say I was young. I wasn't, I was like 23 when this happened. So up until I was 23 years old, I thought Buffalo were extinct. Oh, so that was only like a year ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... So, uh, that was recorded. It was. I think they, uh, aren't the wild herds extinct though? Like, was it like, I, a, I think they, I don't think there's any like free, you know what I mean? Like, wild herds. I think, I think you're right, but like, way to like be there for me and make me feel not stupid. <laughs> Dang, Elliot, Elliot here for the save. I know, really, honestly, that's so, just there was nice. <laughs> that was, um, my dumbest moment was, uh, or how what I felt the most dumb was um, my entire life being told I was I was part Native American and then finding out from twenty three and me that I'm I'm not. I'm You're just, just a white boy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Age long lie that we were Native American and it's just it's just not true. <clears throat> life changing, thirty two year life changing moment. Yeah. Um. You don't got anything that embarrassing. You don't? No, not really. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think like, I mean, once out, like we were, we were talking with some friends and once I yelled, what's the air force? I knew what the air force was. It just came out in the word jumble I had, you know, I guess. Is that Roda, like the air force force you back or what? No, I, you know, I was just like, then what's the air force? And for whatever reason that stuck. And I guess that's like it. I don't really have something (laughs) on that level, you know, air force Giacomo. Yep, the air air G's, air G's. Yeah, it's gonna be the new the new our uh, squad new game's new shoe line. The air G's, air G's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elliot, do you have anything? Yeah, I'd rather not say. Probably but. <laughs> that's that's okay because this is this was. This is the Squad Games podcast. Welcome to our dumbest moments. It is. It is that day. There are two things I want to say that are completely unrelated to anything miniature games. Uh, two questions for everyone. Does everyone watch? I know my wife doesn't. Um, does anyone watch um, Jalel's Marbles on YouTube? The Marble Runs. Yeah, you um, you were talking about them, and I I watched them occasionally during COVID, like during that era. What is wrong with you guys? Like, what is wrong with you? 
They're dope. Have you ever watched it? What is I've, it? I've, I've watched Dakota watch them with like absolute Dude, ADHD I, fixation. It's crazy. Like I want to I, I want to read you a text message I sent to Dakota. <laughs> um, so let me pull that up here. If you don't know what they're talking about, Elliot, it's like this weird, like when there was during COVID and we had no sports or anything like that, ESPN picked up this weird ass YouTube channel. I think it was YouTube of marble. And I'm talking about round little marbles, like glass balls, marbles. So so it's very clear. (laughs) Olympics, marble Olympics. And it's just weird. They'd set up these like little tracks for them. And then they would have like teams. They would be on teams of other marbles. And then they'd have like somebody announcing who was winning the race. Like it was an actual sport. And like (laughs) Dakota, like ate this shit up. Like he was like, Oh yeah. It was two and a half hours. And that was my introduction to the JLL's marble runs. It was the, it was all of the Olympics of 2020 all wrapped into one. I was very, I was very happy about it. it. It's exciting to watch. So this, this is the message I sent Dakota after watching the video. He sent me, I audibly said, fuck you. When Rojo won, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they all have names too they all have all they the do. marbles have names yeah the savage speeders is my particular favorite team oh yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're my favorite team they have and, a cool uh, color yeah yeah they're, they're like red uh white and uh yellow and um their team captain i believe is named speedy and they also have a guy <laughs> on their team named velocity and um oh gosh dakota they're amazing uh Giacomo, who's your favorite team plasma Plasma team plasma, dude. Yeah. They fucking suck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I liked I liked them because of the color scheme, and then I was watching more videos. Like, god damn, these guys fucking suck. Dude, they fucking suck <laughs> but I've already, I've already. It was like it was between them and like uh, what was it? M M U something. I can't remember. What Momo. It was. Yeah, team Momo. Momo. Okay, Team I, Momo I like, is a little like the, bit better. I like their colors, but yeah, they absolutely, you know, the kind of dog shit. <laughs> team, team Momo looks like dog shit, like the color to me, because I'm colorblind. Oh, because it's green? Um, they're like a shiny dog shit. <laughs> this is just me talking like mad shit on random marbles on YouTube. I like um, the, the yellow the, the, the yellow ones. The mellow yellows are cool. Yeah, mellow yellows are dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the arrangers and and the oh, savage yeah, shoot, beaters. The arrangers, yeah. yeah, I can't I can't they, judge they have, you guys too bad because these videos because we all play miniatures. No, like, it's not yeah. just that. These videos have millions of views, so you're not yeah. alone in this. But it's no, so not. strange to walk in to see you eating a sandwich hunched over your phone, <laughs> and you're just like well, watching marbles, and you get like excited when your marble wins, and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, Look, it's exciting. Sai, I guarantee you, if we took a set of marbles and each one represented a team and we put it down, you'd be fucking yelling if yours didn't win. <laughs> yeah, you would be. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that's not going to happen, but it was just a strange thing to walk into. And he, and then he was trying to share it with me. Like, like they were real people. And I was like, no, Dakota, I don't think so. Yeah, they are. They are a hundred percent. And this yellow marble beat this marble over here. And I was like, oh, do they got like beef or something? They do. (laughs) One, one marble injured the other marble. Like it was really interesting. Uh, to say the least. Dude, so the, the production's a lot. I was watching the behind the scenes stuff. Like, damn, yeah, they put a lot of effort into these. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, that's why ESPN picked them up. Like they picked them up for a while during COVID because there was no real sports actually happening. <laughs> so they literally were on ESPN for a while, bro. I know, but can you imagine, can you imagine just like doing something like that in your garage and then have ESPN calling you and be like, Hey man, <laughs> can you imagine doing that? Making millions of dollars a year? You know, he did. I can. Though. I can. Oh yeah, with sponsorships, he definitely uh, made a good amount of money. Oh yeah. 
So, um, I mean, they release one like every, like every week or every two weeks or when there's like, you know, I think the Marbula, Marbula one is going on right now. Mar- the uh, Marble League. They have Marbula one. They have the Marble League. They have Marble Olympics. They have like, they have a bunch of stuff. It's good stuff. Great stuff. Good stuff. Um, highly recommend. Um, this started out weird. Yeah. Uh, also, do you guys have any like favorite TV shows that you guys have been watching lately? No. Or or just in general, maybe for the year that maybe somebody's like, oh, Giacomo, he really likes um, Thunder Down Under, so I'm going to go watch it, you know? <laughs> no, I rewatched Community for like the fourth time. Oh, so you're like... Oh, and, and I was also rewatching uh, Silicon Valley. That was the other one. Okay. All right. How about you, Syed? You still watching The Office? Well, I mean... Office is just a feel-good show, but you know me. I'm just uh, I've been really into podcasts lately, so it's just been my oh, bread and butter. Have you been listening to the Squad Games podcast? Of course, I'm an avid listener. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. all right. Yep. What podcast do you listen to on the regular, uh, other than the Squad Games podcast? I actually am into a lot of horror, and I like a lot of um. Uh, anything to do with kind of like the Warhammer lore. I'm really into it. That just stuff that makes me feel not great. <laughs> Sad shit, I guess. Sad shit. <laughs> like uh, people being murdered either in like lore or in real life. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, I'm she like, watches mm, all yeah. those shows too. And it makes me feel yeah. like she's planning to kill me, especially like hey, we I, already her. Know, I already know I can't get away with it. Sire so. released her first TikTok. You don't know that. Not with that attitude. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyone who's listening, if you want to go and check out her TikTok, it's the, uh, it's gone viral now. How many likes do you have on it? And like 48 hours. Oh, well, like 11,000, but I don't understand. Or I don't, not likes, but views. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I don't understand TikTok. I might just be too old for it, but like, I don't understand what people like. I'm like, this You're is You're only so, 24. What are you talking about? I know, <laughs> but I've got a soul of like a 75 year old. Like uh, it's, it's so true. Does that mean I like, I like MILFs? Like what's I was, going on? yeah, there you I go. I think it's GILFs at that point, but. Oh, I don't know. Soren doesn't have a kid yet, right? Not yet. No, he's only so two. Then, so then still MILF. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Elliot, do you have any uh, TV shows that you've been uh, thoroughly into? Um, do you watch like the boys on Amazon? They have Hell a yeah. Spin-off. Anyway, yeah, they have a spinoff. I think it's called like Generation V or something yep. where it's mm-hmm. like college kid ones. I kind of thought it would be like, I didn't know it was like related to the boys when I saw like the ads. Like I thought it was like some like, I don't know, like teen drama thing. I thought it was corny and I watched it and it was I liked it. I was into it. And uh, Invincible on Amazon Prime just came out with uh, the second season. Or they're like trickling it out week to week, which is like an animated show, which is pretty gritty too. So, yeah, those are pretty good. I would uh, agree with you. My shout out was for uh, Generation V as well. I thought it was fucking great. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to the boys next season whenever that's going to drop. But. Mm And how about you, G? Um, I said it a little earlier. I was just rewatching Silicon Valley. Oh yeah, that's Community. right. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. My bad. Um, I just don't care about those two shows. So I guess. <laughs> oh my I god, just, Dakota! Yeah. I mean, uh, blanked it out of my mind. It's all right. It's all right. You, you have to. You have to own HBO Max to watch Silicon Valley, or you know. Oh, HBO money. you go out back and use the net. You know, I don't. I uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, how you say 
a Corsair, I guess. Oh, so what you're saying is that we need more Patreons. Oh, okay. So you can afford HBO. Got it. Yes. Um, The actual. With my net. Yeah. Um, So uh, if anyone wants to help, uh, uh, you know, become a Patreon, we can uh, help G not, not. um, We can afford HBO Max. Yeah. Not not watch (laughs) that. What is it? Bad girl that they just decided to to cut. To act. To cut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When it was done. That no man. Speaking of that, like you know the the Coyote and Roadrunner movie is now getting all like it's getting shopped around because people were there was so much backlash that it was getting destroyed. There's a Wiley Coyote movie. Why would they make something like that? I don't know, but it got such a backlash that they were going to cut it that now the studio is shopping around to see which uh, network will just take it, so that way it can be well, you know. What was the backlash? Seen, that people wanted to see it. <laughs> They want to see it. Oh, they yeah. wanted to see it. Yeah, and, and uh, they were gonna they were gonna get rid of it. Like a live action movie of it? I'm not sure. I didn't really look into it well, that much. I don't think it could be a live, really live action. I mean, they could do like that weird thing where it, you know the animation or like sort the of AI. Works in, over, yeah, yeah. Okay. sort of works into the into the real world, but you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not gonna watch that. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch it either. But you know, there was enough people who wanted it that they're shopping it around. Or it's enough people like trying to convince them to burn their money, similar to what they did with Morbius, right? Yeah, but it, although it was a meme, it still made money it's because true. everyone was watching it, even though it was a very <laughs> dog shit movie. <laughs> to, the, well, to like the one Morbius fan out there, I apologize. There's no Morbius fans out there. Um, so uh, today on the Squad Games podcast, we're going to be talking about the overall... Um, World Championships of Warhammer. Uh, we don't have a guest from there just quite yet. As anyone would know, our podcast releases on Tuesdays. And most people are um, they're probably sleeping. flying back home. And if they're home, they are, um, you know, sleeping. Like, like you said, Simon. So um, we're going to talk about the stats. We're going to talk about the event overall, a little bit, the dollop of drama that happened there, um, our kind of thoughts about the the world of Warhammer, uh, the world championships of Warhammer. And also we're going to be talking about LVO today. Today we have Elliot and Saya on as our guests, and they're going to be talking about their roles at LVO and uh, what we're doing to make LVO happen as it is. Uh, nine weeks away, and we are still selling tickets quite quite well. So, uh, if you guys want to get those tickets, you guys should get them now before they're gone. Uh, we have like uh, like a hundred and a hundred and something sold now. So it's going to be a pretty big event. So it's going to be good. Um, and that's just for Kill Team. And also, uh, speaking of which, the how pretty much the world championships of Warhammer kind of kicked off and the public's view was a brand new kill team that was announced and released. And it's called, it's not called the masters of terror. They're no. night Lords. Um, it was, um, do they have what? the actual name of this team? Yeah. It was revealed with them. Um, something claw, something claws. Mm. Nemesis claw. They're called the nemesis claws. Yeah. No, nemesis. Gross. Claw. No, it so can't be called that. So they're like, they're like, 
here. Like the Santa Claus, like villains or what? No, let me whip, I let me whip up I know I'm, I'm whipping it up too because I was like, dude, they're, they're getting wild with these names. I'm I'm being honest with you. Yeah, Nemesis Claw, just claws, no! Eagle Claw. There's one claw, even though the guy has two claws. So it's not hmm. Santa Claus's nemesis. It's just a nemesis claw team. Interesting. Yeah. I think the kit Which, looks super good, though. I mean, yo, yeah, it looks yeah, it, it's sick. It's like there yeah. were old Night Lords that had like the old pewter one from way back in the day. They had kind of like cartoonish, like bat wing ears, and they scaled them back on this one to be like more realistic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the sculpts are like 10 out of 10 for me. I'm, I hope we see all the legions come out for chaos or stuff like that you know absolutely yeah they have a lot of really cool um knives and uh gun upgrades all the heads are different uh i think on the stream they said they have at least 10 shoulder pads so that uh you can get in because this is released with the legionary team um you get at least enough to put a night lord emblem on every single kill team so uh, member so when they did that then like could you just still build regular legionaries with this or is it like a regular you sure could but i don't know why you would well here's, <laughs> here's what i mean so like when you buy 40k legionary models which is just the generic troop they're called mm-hmm. legionaries right mm-hmm. but they're also called legionaries and kill team in terms of the team name so I'm wondering, the, are you going to get with an upgrade sprue? I think with the, uh, with that one. Exactly. So I'm wondering if you're going to get the upgrade sprue from that one and the nemesis claw upgrade sprue, or are you just going to get the nemesis claw upgrade sprue? I think you're just going to get the nem- nemesis claw. I think you're going to get the base models plus this upgrade sprue. That makes more sense. Yeah. Otherwise they're just giving plastic away for free. Yeah. And they ain't trying to do that. Yeah. Nope. They're not. What's What is your guys' favorite model from this kill team? The missile launcher. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'll go first. So there's a dude with a banner, and he's got like a space yeah. marine like crucified to it, like, and he's disemboweled and like severed at the waist. So it's like his upper torso, and he's just like hanging from it. And anyway, it's super rad to see like a space marine with his armor off, and like you can see all like the points on his body where like the power armor connects in and stuff like that. So anyway, it's it's gnarly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called the Ventrilocar. Ventrilocar. Uh, it's an icon bear. It carries around a sorceress totem built by, a, uh, built from the ruined corpse of a murdered space Marine. His puppets corrupted omphagia, uh, can mimic the voices of anyone whose flesh it consumes, um, which is fascinating. So he feeds it flesh and then it mimics like Eldar noises or crude noises, uh, or wogs. So it is your psyker then. <laughs> something. So he probably does something. I'm I'm guessing it has an aura ability of like an aura or something like that. Pro- I'm going to guess like a six inch range aura. Maybe it's like minus one APL or, or, um, right. When the controlling objectives causes fear or something. Yeah. Cause like terror, you know, terror tactics, exactly. something, something similar to that. I would, uh, I would guess maybe models within that range get minus one to attacks or something like that. Um, Super fascinating, super cool. Um, that would also be my favorite model. <laughs> That's also my favorite model. Hey! I think it's going to be everybody's favorite model. No, it's a, oh, Giacomo. I'm a, I'm a fan of just like the regular leader guy. His cape, his weird yeah. sword, yeah. And his skull yeah, stuff, and his cool. plasma pistol looks spiky as fuck. That would be my <laughs> secondary favorite. I'm surprised that it's not the missile launcher, G, since you're such a fan of like 
the Devastator dudes from uh, Space Marines. I mean, you know, he the, the missile launcher is cooler. I would put the missile launcher above the the, the claw guy. Yeah. Now, if that claw guy had a jump pack, different story. But he don't got a jump pack. <laughs> he doesn't have a jump pack. That is true. What a what a shame. They should have given one guy a jump pack. I'm not gonna lie. I think that jump guy, uh, the 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 claw guy, mixed with the head of this other dude with the envenom weapon and the the pistol. Mm-hmm. I think if you give him that head, he's like way cooler. Yeah, because that head is cooler. Yeah, I mean, this head is kind of like. It's kind of whack. Yeah. Not going to lie. I think I'd rather. This is a few time. I'd, uh, one of the few times I'd put a helmet on a Marine. <laughs> I don't think you have any of your models have helmets on them. Actually, uh, I think a about major, it. A majority a of them don't. Yeah, because I, I, I always compliment your skin painting. I was like, you have a like the rainbow of in your army. Like the, your army's skin's always the most amazing out of anybody's I've ever seen before. So like, thank you. Now that you said that, I, I actually don't. Rem- Maybe you can't paint helmets. Hmm. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe I can't paint helmets. <laughs> yeah, hey, is it because you don't have helmets because you can't paint helmets? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's an inside joke. Giacomo always says that. Um, Players don't paint paint faces because they they don't paint skin, and that's okay. You know, if it you can't okay. do it, that's that's fine. You know, I you, I agree with Giacomo. Yeah, yeah. Golden flesh is cool though. One of my favorite uh, heads though is the plasma gunner's head with the chaos um, like scarification around his his eyes. Um, I really like that head. I think Ooh, it's yeah, really really cool. cool. Interesting for sure with the the bat wings and stuff. You know, yeah. So, uh-huh. so this team, um, I just realized the missile launcher has even more spikes at the top of it. Yeah. Mm. It's Gucci down. So <laughs> the drip, this team has their faction ability is, uh, in midnight clad. It obscures them from enemy fire while lurking around terrain. Um, only to burst out from concealment in a whirlwind of blood and blades. So now, in kill team terms, what do we think those rules... What is their faction ability? Do they just have constant domino field and they get a charge from concealed like commandos? They're just like super mega commandos? Like, what's what's going on here? Honestly, that's what it sounds like, but I don't <laughs> think that's what it is. It's exactly what it sounds like. Um, so what the list, if you, the listeners don't know what domino field is, is, um, domino field is domino field is that you can't shoot an enemy unless if you're within six inches and it's a CP stratagem to on, on void dancers. Um, if they're within like one inch of terrain, um, and then commandos special abilities that they get a charge from conceal. So. I wonder if they just gain like stealthy from space Marines. Um, and maybe they also get the charge from conceal. Cause it sounds like while they're lurking around terrain, maybe they, they're allowed to charge from terrain. I don't fucking know. Maybe you get minus one to hit them. Oh, well, oh, while they're next to terrain, that sounds busted with a three up save. <laughs> I mean, would you would you rather have minus one to hit them or not get to hit them at all because of super conceal? Um, I would rather super conceal just gets removed from the game. Um, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of an interesting rule, like and not in a good way. When I say interesting, it's just a rule that exists. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, 
So um, is there a timeline then for this? So do we know where this, because oh. I was surprised that <clears throat> we didn't see another kill team, right? And if it's in like the classic two kill team box, this is just the upgrade sprue. You know, there's usually one that gets an upgrade and a brand new one. So does it mean that the kill team with it is probably going to get shown off at LVO and it's like a spring so release or there are, th there are three areas where they can show off the next kill team. So there's a, there's a very big rumor and uh, they're all from chapter master Valric and Valric has been right so far on quite a lot of these things. We'll, we'll say what that is in just a second. Um, but the next reveal ceremonies is during Christmas, they usually have a reveal ceremony. Uh, during the new year, they typically have a roadmap slash reveal ceremony. And then at LVO, those are typically from Games Workshop, the only three. Um, and I would really hope that Games Workshop does not make us wait nine weeks to see what the next team is. That would be frustrating. Hopefully they release it sooner. And then at LVO, they show off the final two boxes, but I doubt it. I, th I think they're going to wait um, until LVO. So they're going to spite you. <laughs> they, are. they love to spite me. So uh, the rumor on the block is that the t the kill team that's going to come with this, this uh, against this team are brand new plastic mandrakes. Now don't get your hopes up too much because plastic mandrakes will probably be just like um, a new unit refresh for 40k, right? So we look at um, we look at a bunch of the new stuff that's coming out um, for you know all of Eldar, and they're like, oh, new striking scorpions, and they're going to get brand new Highland Banshees and Dire Avengers, and they're all special. They're all special because they're special. I think that the Mandrakes are going to be very similar. I don't think they're going to get a sniper. I don't think they're going to get anything like that. I think that they'll be a very interesting team and probably have really interesting uh, rules. They may even have like, I would not be surprised if they have like, um, like a preset team or like a Felgor ish type type of deal for a team um, where they just are allowed locked into certain models. That might be interesting. Um, outside of Mandrakes, what do you guys think that could be coming in the box? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Well, I don't know. I don't feel like you would do fear versus fear. I know. I was trying to think of like a team that would like be the opposite Instead of this. Of fear, so yeah, you could do this guys versus Tyranids, but yeah, I, I still don't think, I think since I, Tyranids weren't released during the Tyranid launch, I don't think we're going to get them anytime soon. For no, I don't, think, oh, yeah, so I don't think so either. It's going to be a refresh of Gene Steelers or something. Watch. Yeah, but oh we don't gosh. have we don't have an upgrade for Gene Sealers, right? And there's no bespoke team for them yet. So, I mean, I think they're overdue. I, I think they should like have a presence. You know, they're kind of like classic, like skirmish elite. Yeah, Agreed. that could be cool. But I'm not I'd holding like my breath to. for it. I guess I'd love to see <laughs> it though. Yeah, yeah. Valrek got the last teams mostly right. He got this this particular model exactly right that they're going to have an amazingly huge uh, update. So uh, it's quite interesting. I And I think a lot of people can try and uh, figure out their in midnight clad thing that doesn't break them to, to you know, absurdity. I mean, there's only six models, so because they're, they're going to be an elite team. Oh, well, yeah, they're, they're going to hit hard. 
Using this as a jumping off point for other miniatures, since they're doing Night Lords as their own thing, it makes me wonder, are they going to do the rest of the factions? And if they do that, are Marines going to get like a Dark Angels kill team, a Blood Angels kill team? Oh my God, please. That would be so cool though. You know, I feel like with kill team, that's still a possibility. Um, Like like when they released the, the line, they should have done a kill team for for his angels at least like that would have been kind of cool but. i don't think so because i think primaris marines are too bland and boring to be anything but primaris marines like exactly like i think they're only they had they had the best chance ever to do anything with that when they released black templars right they released a really awesome brand new box for black templars they had the new the brand new like scout dudes they had the brand new like like uh, intercessors with like power swords and a bunch of crazy stuff. Right. And guess what? They didn't. I, I think space Marines are in a good spot because they are bland because they can be from any chapter. And then, yeah, because you can make them into anything you want them to make. Right. But Uh, I'm just wondering if they're not going to just do intercession. Like, you know, what if your blend angels kill team is all death company, you know? Oh, you know, something like that. Like they take very specific parts from them. Um, Maybe next season, G. Maybe next season. <laughs> Black Templars, I think you're right. I think you could totally do a Black Templar thing where, you know, you have like the squires following the knights and that would like, make sense. Heretics. Yeah, that would make sense, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And there's no uh, world leaders yet, right? No, no spoke no, team. No and I don't think we've seen like wave two of them yet. I've heard like rumors that there'll be some at some point in the spring. So maybe they'd throw in a upgrade kit for like the berserkers and make something special. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think didn't they show a release from the World Championships? Um, I think they showed the the forty k the the timeline the timeline. I'm trying to find that right now. I believe it was Necrons and Mechanicus and just went on pre order. Yep. Yes. And then Dark Angels they showed off the Deathwing, and so they're getting a yeah, book, like- but. I don't know who that mystery. They had one redacted book there at the end, which I think mm-hmm. is towards the summer. Yeah, I, I kind of think it, think it could be Blood Angels. I don't know. People are saying Empress yes. Children. Um, I'd like to see some new Blood Angel Primaris sized uh, sanguine, Sanguinary Guard roll out with them. I think they did the Death Company already, did they? I can't remember. Yes, yes, but they did. Elliot's think, making me want to cry because that's what I, I think, want too. I think the three leading rumors about that is new Emperor's Children, yeah. which would line up with a Kill Team box. So think about that, everyone. Um, brand new... Um, oh, what was it? Sisters of Battle are coming out the week before. So it's Inquisitorial Agents is the other one. Uh, that was an interesting rumor, uh, which was leading the pack surprisingly. And then there's one more, which was, um, Oh, uh, guardsmen. But with the guardsmen codex, it's going to be a bunch of brand new Krieg model. So they didn't want to show off the, 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 the cover because everyone would see that it's Krieg. Ooh, that could be know. cool. Yeah. So yeah, since they already have Krieg here. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it's been so quiet on the Krieg front. Like the rumors I had heard is they were going to be committed to supporting Cadians, Catachans and Krieg. And then, you know, they dropped for kill team at the start of the edition and it's just been radio silence. And I was so surprised too to see that they brought back like the classic, like 
rough riders instead of going with like the Krieg death riders. I was a little shocked. Yeah. I mean, it would be dope if that box was like, they came out with, um, Katachan versus like Emperor's children. That box would sell so fast. It'd be insane. I don't, I don't think it's going to be Emperor's children. And I'm only saying this not to disappoint my fellows clad in pink, but <laughs> because, um, I can't remember the name. World Eaters kind of just sort of came out and is pushing into this new edition for a little bit. Maybe like two years down the row at the end of 10th, we'll see the reveal, but like not this early, you know? Yeah, I agree. I expect them to like pace themselves with the Primarchs. I mean, they, I, th- I think like Mortarian and Magnus came out pretty close together, but then after Gilliman, there was like a pretty long gap. Like I think he came out like at the end of set or just to the start of eighth and then we didn't really get angron till like basically 10th the very end basically right? yeah so yeah. i just think they gotta like you know drip feed that i'd be surprised if we see them like so rapidly but i don't know i mean models sell primarchs sell incredibly well no doubt so anything's oh, yeah. possible and i'm sure the guys at the studio i want to sculpt it as well you know Absolutely. I actually heard that uh, the part of the reason that, uh, you know, Fulgrim uh, for 30K uh, transmorphed or whatever he's called, that they, the reason he came out when he did is they wanted to like get him out before he came out in plastic. So it was like studio versus studio, like trying to one up each other or whatever. Mm. (laughs) It just leads more to the lines that he's going to come out in plastic sooner than later. <laughs> now that's cool and all, but we know the four demon primarchs are going to be a thing, but like, what about the regular primarchs? So the, the rumor is that, um, there's supposed to be one returning at the beginning of 11th, uh, like a, like a, another, like either Lehman Russ Vulcan. Oh my God. Let's or, hope it's Vulcan. That'd be cool. Or, uh, was it Jagatai, right? He yeah. Jagatai right? can. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, we Vulcan can all hope it's Dorn. We can all hope. No, nah, he's dead. It's leave him dead. Same thing with Sanguinius. Leave him dead. Leave them both dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's not. Leave them gone. They don't need to come back. Not everyone has to come back. It's okay. Things I can mean, die. Let I them mean, die. Yeah. Uh, I won't get too much into spoilers. There's a, there's a crazy spoiler rumor surrounding the, uh, the King in yellow. Um, I won't get into it. It's crazy. Read Absolutely the book. insane. Um, but yeah, I think we could see him too as a, and, and be beating out one of the Primarchs, like as yeah, far as the too. next loyalist returning, you know, but I, I don't know. Cool. I'm leaning towards Russ probably, but yeah, yeah. R- Russ sounds right. Yeah. But I definitely, the, the rumor is, is that Fulgrim is supposed to come out sometime in this edition and then next edition, we're supposed to get something else. So uh, but I mean, they could bring back Lorgar. They could bring out so many chaos demon dudes. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. The the future of Warhammer is hopefully bright. So moving on to um, the Warhammer, uh, the World Championships of Warhammer. It's a mouth. It's a mouthful to say over and over. I keep wanting to say West Coast Champions, but it's not the WCW. WCW. Um, it's very interesting. Um. There was, <laughs> there was a YouTube video released. When was this released? I have it here somewhere. The 28th of September. The 28th of September. It was the Meta Watch. 
And you can go back to the 47 second mark and you will hear the uh, rules writer for Kill Team claiming that the summer of Melee was over. Well, we're now in fall and Colts are still winning the biggest events. (laughs) They started off winning the biggest events. They... Uh, they got nerfed and everyone stopped playing them because they were like, oh, they're fixed. Um, or they're in a better state or, hey, commandos crush, crush, uh, crush cultists, right? Um, well, I can tell you from the world championships of Warhammer, there was seven commando players and three cultist players. And I don't believe any cultists lost to commandos. Um, they had a hundred percent win rate on open and on ITD. I could be wrong because, um, cultists did lose two games from one player. Uh, but two players only lost to each other. And, uh, Alexa who won the entire thing tied Orion, uh, who was playing Geller Pox, uh, in round one. And Orion already had some pretty good games against like Chris Baki on the West coast and uh, Jeff, um, two really good cultist players on the West Coast, and he was able to tie and beat them as well. So, or I think he lost to Jeff, um, but that's besides the point. So, Gellerpock seemed to be like in a in a tied position with cultists currently, but Commandos in the in the highest of levels still stand no chance. And my thought process is that the highest of levels of of uh, commandos, uh, don't let or of, of cultists don't let you get blast off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're gonna get Alexa, hopefully, or one of the other cultist players onto our podcast so we can talk about it. Um, because we still don't know uh, exactly how they were able to be so successful, other than the team being so strong. Uh, they ended up winning the entire event. With uh, in first and second place, third place was Commandos, fourth place was Orion Wolfong with uh, Gellerpox. Uh, the US came in third and fourth. That was Adrian with Commandos and Orion with uh, Gellerpox. So they ended up winning the event with an 81% win rate. And now, if you take out all of their mirror matches, they actually ended up winning the event with an 86% win rate. So we can say, you know, these players may have had the best read on the meta. Maybe the terrain favored this team the most as they're nearly unbeatable on Into the Dark. Um, But, you know, ultimately, this team is still insanely busted, insanely strong. Uh, What do you guys take away from this weekend? I mean, you're absolutely correct, because we were looking at the stats and there were seven commandos players, right? Mm-hmm. And three cultist players. So, and obviously, you should be the cream of the crop because this was Worlds. You had to win first place. Well, almost everybody had to win first place to be at this event. So, these are the top players. So, if a cultist won, that probably means that the team was better than Commandos. And I, I mean, I mean, I don't know why people keep saying they're their counters because even at our events, I don't see that happening either. Yeah, I mean, cultists basically got really close to winning 
uh, SoCal Open, right? And we don't see them a lot anymore because like we even had Blaine from Six Sided Legion say that, you know, the team gets repetitive, right? The team gets a little boring. Um, they're really strong. I wonder how, I know, I wonder if Blaine had a good time. I got to reach out to him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So, cause he was there and he played Hunter Clade instead of playing, he like, he qualified with cultists when they first came out. He was the very first golden ticket winner and everyone was like, Whoa, what happened? And then he brought Hunter Clade and he went five and three at the event over eight games. Um, not terrible. Yeah, really good. He had a 62% win rate. Um, he was the only one to bring Hunter Clay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I find it super interesting that cultists are just better. <laughs> <laughs> Superior. They're, they're, I guess, it's easier to play. Their opportunity costs aren't that much. They are. I, I think I have to agree with Giacomo. I do think that they're a tad easier to, to, to play. And if the board favors you, like you just won't get shot. I know. Yeah, I think they're easier, but I still think they have a high skill skill rate ceiling. Oh, absolutely. If you play them correctly, like you're you're unbeatable. Like both Alberto Java from Spain and Alexa from Australia both basically went you know, Java went five and zero, Alexa went four oh and one, and then we had um I think we had uh, Nick went. Uh, I think I think he lost one game or he lost two games, so he wasn't able to make it in. Otherwise, like he was really close to making it in too. So like we could have had three Colts in the top eight. That would have been exciting. You know, re- realistically, <laughs> I would have loved to have been able to like watch these games, see how these people were playing these these teams, and um, it was a definitely an interesting uh, event, wasn't it? It sure was. Um, yeah, there were. I mean, the stream situation was interesting. How Games Workshop just approached the entire event. So yeah. they had one stream on Twitch, and they were splitting coverage between Age of Sigmar and 40k, um, which was great that they gave Age of Sigmar some love. But like the people in the chat, uh, you know, were like like half of the people were unhappy half of the time and then kill team got zero coverage throughout the whole weekend i think a player i think a player from um spain actually recorded it either i don't know if it was on his phone yeah i don't know if it was on his phone if he actually brought streaming equipment from spain but i think he just took it upon himself to do it yeah and that was really alarming to me because i mean this this should have been recorded and honestly it should have been like the top two to four tables should have been recorded at all times, you know, just so people can like watch the best play. Uh, I don't know. It, it That seemed really interesting to me. That, that was a weird choice for sure. Yeah. And I appreciate that he did that. But to me, it's just like a letdown on Games Workshop's part where it's just like, I mean, with all the resources they have behind them. And maybe that's something, you know, I think they do take a lot of feedback from these events. So uh, if people do write into like their customer thing and say like, hey, we want to I think they're going to hear it big time from 40K and Age of Sigmar. So if the kill team people write in and say, hey, there needs to be a kill team stream next year, too, you know. I know um, we were kind of like hoping like I was talking to Dakota. I was like, you know, we'd be more than willing to do it because it's like we moved a lot into streaming. But um, and we're, we're really familiar on how it's supposed to go. But it would have been nice to have one based in in America 
as well. So I, cause I think that the guys streaming only streamed to, was it only to, it was on their YouTube channel, but I think the majority of, we're going to be um, Spaniards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think it was all done entirely in Spanish. So, I mean, good for, good for them, but you know, like it was, it was really hard uh, to watch being a native English speaker because I don't speak Spanish. And then it was hard to cover anything because I think it was just three Spanish speakers talking over each other. And then they also had a microphone at the table hearing the tables and you just couldn't, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So I would just tune in. I would look at the score and then I'd tune out. And the reason why we had to go to the stream in the first place uh, was for multiple reasons. So day one and day two, I covered it really well. I actually made a spreadsheet every single round uh, dictating like or showing like who won, who lost, uh, taking the the stats of the entire event. So like we will get into that in a second. But um, day three on Saturday after the pods broke up, um, round one started, everything was going well, but they, you know, uh, top pods, uh, started earlier. So for them to then start the next round, they, they paired everyone and the pairings were wrong. So on at the, uh, two hours into the round, second round, um, the players were given it, uh, a vote on whether they would keep the pairings or they would restart the pairings. But I mean, and imagine if you were the one who just lost a game, you know, yeah, what I mean? two Especially, hours, is, some people have already, would are already would have, finished I mean, absolutely. But if, can you imagine if it was your double loss? Cause it's right. It's two losses. You're out and you lost yeah. your second game and you're like, Oh no, nope, I think that we should redo it. Like, I mean, I mistakes like that cannot happen at this level. This is supposed to be, you know, I mean, this is the world champions, right? Like that just blows my mind that that's, that's something like that could actually happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I would have voted for it though. If I would have lost, I would have been, oh, been the one, but I think there's, it's more on the TOs there's like zero judgment in that. Like I, if I double lost, I'd be like, yeah, let's replay. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not above that in any way, but like, I'm just saying that like on a professional level, especially coming from someone who runs tournaments, like that was crazy, but oh man. Yeah. So, you know, when that kind of thing happens, it kind of steals the momentum away from somebody who just won and it adds momentum to people who lost. Now, we don't know the results or who was winning in that particular time, but, um, you know, there was also some other v variations from Games Workshop tournaments in the past. Um, for one thing, they suddenly threw in Into the Dark, which I agree with personally. I run Into the Dark at all of my tournaments. Um but, you know, they suddenly added it in and, you know, we didn't get the, the, the packet for worlds into like a couple days or a week before worlds went live. Right. I'm sure all the golden ticket winners had it earlier. Um, but like, it was just interesting. The fact that they added in a, a terrain system that maybe people haven't been practicing on. Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, and also the fact that they had four hour rounds, like to me, that's kind of, that's really weird because like, I understand that they're trying to keep it the same as 40 K and AOS, but giving kill team four hours to play when everywhere else in the world has done two hours and it's like, Oh yeah, you don't want them to feel stress or blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it just breaks the competitive norm so much that it's to me, 
disingenuine to the, like, no, there's no other tournament in the world that can do four hour rounds. Like, yeah, they want to be set apart, but I also heard that people were taking the full four hour rounds and like, Oh, they, I guarantee they were because I was at the finale the year before in New Mexico and I watched them take the whole time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they like they were playing till like midnight when they had to do the fourth round. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like uh, they were taking the whole time and it's just I understand. So last year it wasn't like a very international event, like for mm-hmm. like from the most part, like at least for the age of Sigmar and 40K, it was like. The only way you could get it was like the only ticket overseas that was a golden ticket was like the London GT. And some of the Spanish people did qualify and make it right. Um, So the kill team was a little more diversified in that regard. And so I can see like adding a certain amount of time due to like not uh, certain people don't have uh, English as their first language. And you see that like the world team championships or the European team championships for it, you know, that they have longer rounds, but it's just, I mean, if the reason they had four-hour rounds for Kill Team was just to keep it on the same schedule as everybody else, it's just, like, such a why, you know what I mean? And they're not even streaming it. Like, Age of Sigmar in 40K, it's like they will, they were dual streaming it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like that makes more sense. But I just – I could see going to, like, three hours, you know, for people that, you know, don't speak English as their first language. But four hours, it's just – I think it, it changes the approach. Yeah. So I I have to say also, like, you know, not only I I do think that you need a little bit more time just because you should, but like four hours is a little excessive. But not only that, I don't think Kill Team in this sense also got the support that it needed. So all of that time had to be taken up by one TO. And I feel like if you're going to do a four hour round, then someone else needs to be in that room. So at least a TO could eat. Eat, go break. to the bathroom, like my like four hour rounds. And that, was it four? Four? Four hour? Games? No, it was, like, it was three. three. Well, the first day was two, still, then it was three, then it was 12, three. Actually, wasn't there a double elimination though? Yeah. Like where somebody <laughs> yeah. only like well, maybe one person has to play that fourth round. But I mean, I did but, that. But I mean, you're pushing. So no, but my here's gosh. here's the problem, Elliot. On Saturday, the top pod having to repair after two hours into their round. Right. That means that two of those players who made it to that final round. We're playing until 2.30 a.m. at nighttime, and it was their fifth game because they already played a game earlier. So they played a game at like between 7 and 8, then they played a game again, re- had to repair, played again, took a break, played again, and then played again. And if any of those games took the full four hours because the the event was like, oh, the game's not supposed to last four hours. If you go into your fourth hour, you're not getting a lunch. And you have to start the next round. Like there's supposed to be like an hour built in for lunch. But if you play into it, so be it. Right. Like it's it's a problem because people are going to take the whole time. People are going to be held hostage to the time. People are I'm sure the T.O. felt that way. I mean, he he had to be there until what, 2.30, start at 7, 2.30, go to sleep for five hours and come back like I don't know. Like, but here's it, the thing. Seems, you it seems are, like an oversight to say the least. You are a golden ticket winner. You, you won that golden ticket on a two hour tournament. You can play this game in two hours. And yeah, I do think two that, and a half, two and 45. El- Elliot know? is right. Like you should uh, give some wiggle room for people who are adjusting to like, if we are going to play this game in English, that should definitely be accommodated for, but it's not four hours worth. Like Google translate works in two seconds. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like absolutely. And I feel like, like they, this does not need to be ran like Warhammer. It's not Warhammer. 
So I think that it deserves the respect. Well, technically, as a, well, I mean, yeah, but like it deserves to be treated as a kill team game. And I yeah. think that like just it doesn't have to be ran like a 40K game. Like it doesn't have to be run like Warhammer. Like, and that's absolutely ridiculous to me, especially because, you know, those, that Warhammer event had more than one TO. Yeah. Like you absolutely know they did. That was so awful to do to that guy. That's so awful. Like, so ugh. a couple other, a couple other interesting stats is in the overall ending statistics, uh, Inquisition had the second highest win rate with a 70, basically seven rounding up 71% win rate. That's they went 17 and seven, but none of them made top pods. Geller pox with one player was next. Um, uh, that was Orion Wolfong. He had a 66% win rate. He went six, two and one overall. And then we had Hunter Clade with five and three. And then Commandos was next. Uh, Commandos went, uh, had a 51% win rate. They had seven players at the event, 29 total wins, uh, 25 losses and three ties. This includes all of the mirror matches that they had to play. Um, according to this at top tables, Commandos don't need a nerf because they are perfectly balanced. Uh, it also could be because they just got shit on every, every time by, by Colts. Uh, everyone. They just know, but I'm just saying that you, everybody, yes, about the Colts, but like they weren't, you just read off the win rate. They were 50, 50%. They were still being beat out by Geller Pox. They were still being beat out by Hunter Clay. So, I mean, maybe they don't need that nerf. I'm kidding. Nerf them, please. Oh my God. Nerf them. But yeah. Uh, if you guys had to throw a nerf out to commandos, um, because I believe Elliot from that same video we watched already indicated that they're probably going to get touched or it was something else later on. Um, I mean, I could be completely mistaken. Uh, I could just have it so far into the depths of my mind that commandos are going to get nerfed because uh, it became the summer, the green summer after after the supposed melee fell off. Right. <laughs> um, gee, do you have any uh, nerf that you would give them? Yeah, the same one I've been saying forever. It's just going to be sneaky git turns into one thing and the bomb squid can't get additional APL. Okay. 1,000% agree with Giacomo right there. 1,000%. Yeah. Some other people are calling for uh, two APL on, uh, or two, uh, what is it called? Not two APL. It's a GA2, GA2 for the... Grot and the uh, the ninja guy as well. I think that all three of those are relatively tame. I do think that they cause such a kerfuffle that I would love to see them get nerfed, nerfed more than that. I would like to see them lose either the Grot or I would like to see them get reverted. You know, you can either take the bomb squig or you can take the Grot. You know, yeah, that's what I was um, going to say. If they had performed better, you know what I mean. But I yeah. think that the results them being. So one commando made it in the top four. Is that right? And they had the highest representation. Yep. They had so three, they had three in the top, in the top eight. Only one. Okay. In the three top in the top eight is pretty good depending on like what your standard is. But I mean, that's quite good representation, but still for being the highest played faction. And, um, I don't know. I still feel like they underperformed just based on their representation, you know, yeah, so the so the top three players that actually went was Adrian Bonavento, who went four and one. Uh, Wallace West from Spain, he went three, one and one. And then Quickway Charteres Quickwims from Spain also I'm played so Commandos. Sorry. What was is, that? Uh, that is Kike, by the way. Kike? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kike, Char- is it Charata? How do you say it, G? How about you say it? Chatares. Chatares. 
Quickums. Quickums? Geekums. I think he's trying to say, I think he's okay. trying to go for. Thank you. Um You're welcome. From Spain went on four and one. So they had three players that you know, the other players uh played them not as well. They had uh losing win rates on some 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 of the players. I'm curious. For extenuating to- circumstances for some, but you know, it is what it is. I am curious to see what they played getting their golden tickets. Like maybe they so didn't win with commandos. Like most of these, most of the commando players that came to the event played commandos. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. Like Adrian, I think he won technically three golden tickets, and each time he played commandos, or four, he won four golden tickets. So technically, chill out, man. Yeah. yeah so he's been, you know, Adrian out there. He's been on that grind. Representing America, <laughs> you know. He's like Amanda's uh, forever. Oh, yeah, so. America. America is not red, white, and blue anymore. It is green. Um, he must be colorblind. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he does amazing work. So, um, you know, a lot of players. Here's a, here's an interesting thing to think about when we think about. What players brought what to this event? There's a lot of things out there. You can go and see my my factions percentage page. Um, most teams were only brought by three, right? So like Blooded, Intercession, Vet Guard, Legionary, Star Striders, Inquisition, and Cultists all had three players. Commandos had seven, over double what anyone else did. And when you think about like all of these top players throughout the world, because that's what this event is billed as. This event is billed as the world championships for Warhammer. These are the best players that got invited from all around the world that got that played in these exclusive tournaments and won these exclusive gifts to come to this tournament. These players in their vicinities, where they live at, where they play in their in their areas, commandos were the best team to come to this tournament and stomp all other countries. Seven people, which is what percentage is that? Uh, like 20%. No, it's more than that. That many people thought bringing commandos would win the entire event. Right? So like in these players' minds, like, yeah, it was 20, 20 something percent, right? No, I don't know. I think that that's an interesting thing to think about that Games Workshop should also take into effect that while cultists and inquisition and some other teams may have beat commandos at this event, they are still winning quite heavily throughout the world in the majority possibly of the rest of the world, because commandos still won so many events this year. So obviously nerf cultists. Yeah. And I don't think like top place finish, like, you know, if I'm looking for a competitive army, I look at podium finishes and, you know, win rate, of course, but I don't think that tells the whole story. And if they're just like devastating people, like at the mid tables, you know, like with the sneaky gets or whatever it's called, it's just, yeah, if, if yeah. that's like, if it's one of those where like you're two and two at an event and you like get blown out and it's like a feel bad, I, you know, I think that takes some consideration too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do we have any kind of uh, thought processes on what we would ban or not what we would do for the next balanced data slate for Colts? Like, what would you guys do? Uh, nerf the healing a bit. Okay. I'm in favor of changing a core mechanic to okay. them, but I don't think they're going to do it, which would be your cultists die in order to transform to bigger to the torments and stuff. Oh, I like that. 
but I don't think because because no, but I, I kind of agree with that because I also think that they need a less like you know one or two less operatives. But if they were willing to like have someone die for something more monstrous, I would be okay with that too. Yeah, and if the monster wanted to be a bit stronger because you're losing dudes, your opportunity cost changes. Absolutely, cool yeah, equivalent exchange. Um, but. Someone so, make a Full Metal Alchemist reference, please. <laughs> mm. It's my favorite. Wendry, no. <laughs> All right. What is it? He's like, Edward. Uh, yeah, so. Edward. All right. We just like pissed off half of our listener base. Okay. Um, moving on to what I would think, uh, oh getting God. away from Edward. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on, what I would think is, I think that, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I think the devotees need to be nerfed. I think they need to go down to six wounds and only three attacks instead of four attacks. Makes them a lot squishier, makes them a lot less likely to um, to be able to transform on the charge. I also think that if whenever they mutate, I would, if they're injured, like if you mutate into a mutant, if they're injured, so that means below half health, they would only uh, heal up to five. And then if a mutant is injured, um, then they would only uh, mutate up to a 10 boob torment. Well, that goes into like nerf the healing. Absolutely. Like I 1000% yeah. agree with that. Like there's no reason why you should be under half health and to be able to like come back. We're probably going to get some kind of based um, nerf where they just like take two or three operatives away or something like that. Yeah. That's uh, also a thing. Yeah. Like I some, like, but you know, I like Jacqueline's idea of like, like sacrificing for, you know, bigger monsters i think that's a i think that's actually a really cool way of like keeping the their kind of like lore their their interesting makeup mm -hmm. i i also think that inquisition is going to need a touch um if inquisition doesn't get touched i think we're going to see them uh probably win lvo or get really close to it uh, i think that they're really strong they showed it here they take um so in League of Legends, right, shout out to T1, who won the world championships this past weekend. Uh, go Fahir winning your fourth world championship. Besides that, um, Inquisition has a 70% win rate. And they are a team that scales. So, like, the, the longer people have had to play them, the longer people have been learning how to use them correctly and use their actual operatives, what to take into what, the only the better the team is going to get. These two teams seem to have been balanced against each other, and they thought Cultists and Inquisition were similar. That's why when Inquisition was released, they could take four plasmas or whatever, something retarded. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to take four crack grenades into this uh, into this here Geller box, you know, baddies. I'm going to take four melters into these these space marines. You know, like it is what it is, right? Um, I think that team is also going to need to be touched and. Sorry, my uh, laser's telling me it's done. I th going, Moving on to a different statistic. There's a couple interesting ones that I found. So firstly, I'm going to talk about VetGuard because I'm a VetGuard player. Uh, VetGuard had a 37% win rate over the weekend. And I specifically saw them winning and losing to different factions all over the place. It just seemed like they, like VetGuard had no consistency whatsoever as to what they would win or what they would lose to. Maybe some players just struggle into certain types of factions. I am not sure. It's just interesting that they had a 37% win rate. Um, and then we had uh, one of our other favorite subjects, 
the intercession squad who won SoCal Open uh, only had a 33% win rate at this tournament. And day after day two, they only had a 20% win rate. So they brought it back pretty hard uh, in the bottom pods. But, you know, intercession uh, top tables uh, got crushed by everything above them. Breachers, <laughs> Inquisition, cultists, uh, legionary, vetguard. Like it didn't matter. Every, anything and everything was just beating them day one. Uh, I believe they only had uh, three wins on day one. Um, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and then finally, I'm going to get written the book again, but uh, Hearthkin had one player bring them and they only had a 25% win rate throughout the whole tournament. Uh, S tier, I don't think so. Not yet. No, who said S tier again? Lots of people. The internet. And everyone who... Everyone who... <laughs> everyone on uh, a couple discords. That's what we get memed for these days. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some of the most interesting uh, statistics that I found from the event. Is there anything that you guys thought were was interesting or you guys want to talk about about this event? I mean, I'm shocked. Only three people brought cultists, honestly. Like... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe people, they did get nerfed. Was it just once? But anyway, they've been nerfed before. So I think maybe it hit people in their mind, but maybe they just left them alone and didn't get them back on the table and see how good they really were. But I mean, we've seen that with Geller Pox. Um, they've nerfed, mm-hmm. been nerfed and continued to do really well, you know? So I mm-hmm. think a lot of people were probably thinking that too, they, you know, people that participated when they were leaving, it should have been uh, seven cultists probably and not seven commandos, but yeah. What's interesting about that is I, I saw a lot of, um, over the past months, ever since commandos began popularity the rumor on the block and the word on the street even we said it was that commandos beat colt that they crush colt that they 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 just win um and like at this point we're objectively wrong especially for this event uh yeah do you probably beat them at mid tables absolutely like sometimes a colt player is going to clump up you're going to get a good thing and you know maybe it's the maps there's a lot of Into the Dark at this tournament. Uh, the maps look like they heavily favored uh, melee hordes and shooty hordes in general. There's really wide open spots. And then there was a secondary staging spot where they put like three large, like two of the Octarius buildings directly in the center, like next to each other. And then like the oil rig. And then they had like one vantage in each person's deployment zone. And it just made like cultists could just move forward, hide in the bunkers, turn two charge a bunch of people and you already have two torments, right? Like there was almost unplayable into from, from some of these, these maps. Um, and the shooty teams had a, had a pretty big advantage because there was such wide open, wide open areas. Uh, you had a deployment, you had a advantage in your deployment and sometimes it's considered a trap, uh, because you kind of get stuck back there. Um, but you know, like a sniper be sniper, you know, Right. Missile launcher be missile launcher, you know, come, come and come to one of my three objectives. I'm going to blow you up. So. Yeah, is uh, it was pretty interesting to say the leak, at least. I think that another thing I kind of want to talk about is like the lack of communication and coverage from Games Workshop we had over the entire weekend. 
uh, whether it because because BCP screwed up or, you know, whatever happened. Uh, we got a little bit of information, luckily, from the TO on the fourth day, but we did not know who actually won the event for like an hour after it ended. We had to get we had to have the Australia people tell us that Australia won because he like messaged his people in his discord rather than like Games Workshop or like somebody at the event or anything like, you know, anything say is is uh it was rough it was really hard to follow when it's supposed to be there's supposed to be exemplars people who who us as third party creators are 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 trying to model our tournaments after and there's just so many controversial things i mean we haven't even gotten into the tiebreakers we'll get into that next does anyone else yeah i still you know i watched it all weekend up until i had like my league game sunday uh evening and i still don't know who won age of sigmar you know what i mean when i looked at like the article that they did um (laughs) like it only covered like the 40k and yeah the brackets like the you know they you can see what you can see on bcp and if it's working it's great but like they didn't have like the brackets like the top eight double elimination brackets posted anywhere you'd like just had to like ask them on stream to like pull it up and see it for a few seconds to see where it was and it's like you know you shouldn't have to be like scraping data like you were like tracking all the things like most of what I heard. I mean, everything that I heard about it from the kill team has been from you or from people on YouTube or secondhand information, you know, and I think they could have easily done like summaries for every game that was participating at the end of each day. You know, it's like, and anyway, I I think the Warhammer community coverage could have been a lot better. And I don't think it would have taken a ton more effort to like, you know, pump out a short article every day and like, you know, give the development. And I would love to see, you know, not have to like scrape it out of BCP myself to see some of these win paths, like in terms of faction matchups that the top, you know, teams had to go through and stuff like that, because I think it would be really interesting to see, you know, all who the first and second place cultists had to go through, you know, I mean, it would probably shed some nice light on, um, if they truly are like massively dominating you know commandos and win every single time or yeah or or if it was like a map layout thing like oh like this map is in favor we don't know because we can't see the maps you know like we have no idea what what they were facing so maybe commandos would have won if if the map layouts were a little bit better sorry to interrupt but i know exactly where elliot yeah definitely it's just more i mean i think we're all pretty invested in it like you know the people that care about it and it's kind of like an information void and i'm still surprised too that they did the into the dark because i don't think i could be wrong but i don't think they use into the dark at all at the games workshop events themselves like their own uh circuit this year i know they did the year before in kansas city but i think just due to the headache of like like yeah, of so unclicking it and re-clicking it back together. I'm pretty sure they just ran straight Octarius at Kansas City, and I th- didn't see any when I was at Tampa as well. So I'm kind of shocked they pulled that out. I mean, I know they want to push it, and they're still selling it. I mean, they had plenty of boxes of it for sale, I think. But, yeah, just a little surprising that they pulled it well, out what? at the last minute. I mean, that's what one of the things that was interesting about the Into the Dark Terrain was that I uh, people said that it was very warped there. Um, so that typically means when they're warping off the, the boards really poorly is that, that they are sanded really poorly. Um, maybe Games Workshop tried to make it so that they didn't have to warp it and then they tried to 
put them together the best they could. I'm not sure. That was a complaint that I heard. Um, also, like when we watched one of the top streamed games, like the terrain, whether it was painted or not, did not read as painted. I thought it was completely pure plastic and it was missing a bunch of top caps. So um, I know that for squad games, when we run events, uh, we don't have the terrain out unless it's painted. That's like a core tenet of what we believe as organizers. And to me, like having a terrain, a piece of terrain that's not reading as being painted in general is, um, is a, is a massive problem for would would be for us if we were running the tournament. So this whole thing just didn't feel super professional. And like, I, it just kind of felt like this was someone's like first, like, you know, like almost like, I, I feel like because this was a Warhammer event, Warhammer should have had some standards and they definitely left a, a, a lot to be desired and it just kind of felt very off like I would have maybe expected this from like a first time event you know where you're like oh live and learn but I'm like dude this is your this is your company like you yeah. this is this is decades old company like this shouldn't this shouldn't been happening at all the fact that this it still can't get over the streaming I still cannot get over that that is so wild to me yeah so one of the one of the most positive things that I heard from every single player that attended was that it was some of the best times they have ever had in Kill Team. So I will say that Games Workshop really won on the fun category. So the players that went and attended had an amazing time. These players came there. They played against people all over the world. They had a great time. Uh, there was there was a, you know some healthy dollops of drama here and there. You know some some you know things that happened that, you know, left a lot of people, some people sour on certain interactions, but, uh, that happens at every event. So I'm not going to pretend like LVO didn't have its fair share of, of challenges or our events throughout this year haven't had challenges, you know, or any other event anywhere has, hasn't had, had challenges. I'm not pretending that each event doesn't have its own issues. Um, so the, the players, there had an amazing time. They played some of the best kill team they've ever had. It was a really fun and unique event. Um, it was just really hard to cover and really hard to follow for us, us, uh, people that weren't invited or didn't get tickets. Um, I also found it interesting that we found out after the event started that, uh, every game system. So 40 K AOS kill team and all the, uh, was Underworlds was also there. <clears throat> All of these systems uh, had quote unquote ringers. So uh, in many different events, there were players who played in these events who didn't have golden tickets or didn't earn a golden ticket. And they were, uh, they were allowed to play um, because Games Workshop values um, not having buy rounds over uh, over whether you earned a golden ticket or not. And you can take that and stew on that however you feel. Um, but yeah, if, there's a, there's some interesting things that happened this weekend. And ultimately, I think we're all glad that the, the tournament happened. Um, I really hope that, you know, I don't know. I, do you guys think it's going to be bigger next year or do you guys think it's going to stay about the same? It depends on how many people contact them and tell them if, if you just tell them they want streaming, then that's already an indication of we wanted to see it, but we couldn't. Well, like I think that Dakota was telling me that this was a basically a private event. Like you couldn't buy tickets to like watch these players. Is that correct? 
No, you can but, buy tickets to watch the players. Yeah, I think you can buy a ticket and go. Probably. So this is I my, mean, my at least last year. It wasn't like yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a Vegas style where there's like a you know like a security person verifying that people have wristbands and like I think they encourage people to like shop at the store because like the store revenue helps like have them more to show for like the the event store revenue you know what i mean like they're always encouraging so i think people could have walked in and you could buy a ticket to the narrative event but yeah see that's why my thought process was like dakota was telling me that this runs in the red and i was like why don't they just throw another tournament like have worlds but also have just a regular kill team tournament going a regular warhammer tournament just so they can bring in ticket sales you know, to, to this event, because right now it's, it's, you know, if you're going to run at a, if you're going to run at, at the red, you're not going to want to invest anything more in there. You're not going to want to invest in streamers. You're not going to want to invest in more TOs. So I was like, they're going to have to think of something because I do, I do think that this can grow if it's treated with more respect, I guess. And, and cause I mean, every, I mean, our events have been growing like mad. I, I definitely see this getting bigger for sure. Well, it's an invitational currently. So whether it's going to be up to Games Workshop, whether they allow it to be bigger. One of the most interesting prizes that they gave out, at least what I was told that they gave out, was uh, all the top eight players get to come back next year. So they essentially, all the top eight players won golden tickets for next year. Hmm. So will there be so, more golden tickets? No, but I, what I was saying, I mean, I'm or not are there going to be less? Right? I'm not saying bigger, as in like more people competing at Worlds. I think that they should throw an additional open uh, alongside of it, just so they can get the ticket sales in. So, so they can get. So more for 40k, support. they have the narrative event, and the tickets are like three hundred dollars. It's like a super premium experience oh where they God. have like, uh, like people leading the teams are like dressed in cosplay. Like they have like Eldar and like Inquisitor costumes and stuff that are like, you know, like Comic-Con style level, like very elaborate. Right. And, uh, Oh, wow. Should I, Didn't should I do that for yes, LBO this year? Yes, that's an easy yes. <laughs> I mean, I wish there was more like of the pageantry and stuff. Like you see that more like at Adepticon where like more people cosplay and there's a cosplay competition and stuff. And, you know, just with LVO having its roots, like being in like a very competitive event, you know, now in the last few years, they've started to add like the painting classes and stuff like that. So, and I'd like to see more vendors and, you know, so yeah, you should definitely, I mean. Well, I'm running the narrative event at LVO this year, and I was like, it would be hilarious that, if I that's just what they do. Up like that's, that's literally what like, they do. Right, yeah. Let's and do dope, it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they have that, but it's. I, and, um, <laughs> Dude, I just want to scream at people. I just want to yeah, be real yeah, mean. No, it's like, fun. When I'm there. It's fun. <laughs> like, I was like walking by, and I was like, for the Emperor. And they're like, for the Imperium. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they'd do that. Like, you know, the people playing and stuff, they were into it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish they would expand that to uh, other people. Like, I just, if I, I don't know, I didn't have like a 40K army I loved. One of my teammates uh, won a ticket this year. So, you know, I would have loved to have just gone down to be with him because, you know, he already had a room and I, you know, it wouldn't have cost a ton to get down to Atlanta. It's a pretty like well traveled airport. But, yeah, but the yep. yeah, I think it's like hundred bucks. Uh, but all they had it for was forty k, and it's just I wasn't really in a forty k mood, you know, and I uh, haven't really played tenth. Mm-hmm. If they had had Age of Sigmar or a kill team narrative, like I do think that they could ramp up the numbers that way, definitely. Should I do yeah, it, Dakota? Definitely do it. Definitely do it. That's the, that nine easy weeks. yes. 
not a lot of time. Trust I me. Don't I, think I and I'm going to get stuck with doing most of it. So. No, only, no, only the 3D printing. I might move it down to no, being like a novitiate no, or something like that. I just the shove that out. It's just like nothing. too much terrain to make. Nope. I just want to be, I'm just going to be a nun with like yes. a whip. That's what I'm going to go started with. last January. Nope. I know. I know. So maybe not this event. I'll maybe do something special, maybe a cool prop or something like that. But uh, maybe yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring maybe. a full, a full cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, it's interesting going, moving on to the subject of LVO. Um, me and G this weekend did a, and Saya did a lot of uh, terrain building, finishing out all of our plastic into the dark and also taking an inventory of things that we are missing from over the year and things that we need to build to reach our 200 player goal. And uh, currently we have to make nine, um, nine. open boards. Yep. So no, no, 12 <laughs> open boards. So we're going to make nine Necrons, uh, Necro Machina, sorry. And we're going to make three more Vitalis, which is only, you can only get at our events. And then we need to make uh, 22 um, into the into the void, which oh is our gosh. into the MDF. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, so we have about uh, 34 boards to make, uh, which is less than last year. Uh, and then the only boards that we're actually missing because we, you know, um, we have a lot of uh, new neoprene mats coming in. So the only... Uh, for our Black Friday sale. Um, but Into the Dark, we are missing uh, 20, I think it's 25. No, 20. We are missing 24 uh, Into the Dark cardboard boards. So that is something we are going to have to source or figure is that, out. Is that because, like, did we leave them at LVO last year? Like, I just don't know where they could have possibly gone. No, we just need to bring 50 Into the Dark. Oh, so well. we have, I think we have 26 uh boards right now for into the dark or 28 and that means that we have to make uh you know 24 uh i mean so i probably have to make 24 mdf ones because it's cheaper for me to make mdf ones than it is to buy on ebay yeah. um <clears throat> so speaking of what we are doing at lvo uh each of us like do you guys want to talk about like our roles and kind of like what we, what we cover while we're there? Yeah. Give people uh, kind of behind the scenes. Who wants to go first? I mean, I guess I could go. Um, I will be running the narrative event, but I will not be writing it alone. I think I will be working with Sheldon steer and Rob, McLeod. McLeod. Yeah, Rob mm -hmm. McLeod um, and developing the story. Um, it's already sold out, which we're pretty excited for. So we just want to make it extra special for everybody this year. Um, top of that, I'll be probably doing uh, being in full control of the pre-orders for all the Black Friday sales, because I believe you buy the neoprene mats. You can get free shipping if you pick them up at LVO, which will be kind of exciting. So I'm the product gal and I'll be doing all of the social media as well. So interviewing and um, taking pictures and things like that. Very cool. If I have other stuff, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> How about you, G? <laughs> what are you, you going to be doing? Uh, so I will be running the stream and I will also be one of the judges at the stream table. So my whole duty is to make sure that that runs smoothly 
and that everyone plays a clean game. And of course, mm-hmm. talking to all the people on uh, on the Twitch. Mm-hmm. I uh, will you, be uh, keeping the event on time, checking people in, taking scores, doing the legwork. I've uh, been playing a lot more Kill Team this year too, so I'll be helping with the judging as well, and generally just. Uh, Kicking back and then enjoying it, you know, we're going to have the biggest staff that we've ever had in the history of Kill Team at the Las Vegas Open, and uh, it's, I think it's going to be a lot more manageable for all of us because of that. Yeah. Absolutely. So those of you that don't know, us four ran LVO last year, just us four, right? We had... Uh, 87 players show up and I was pretty much just the, the sole, um, head rules judge, right? Saya ran the shop, Giacomo ran the stream. And then Elliot was the heart and soul and glued us all together doing all the time period, doing all the, uh, you know, the, everything that the he's glory part, So he did yeah, all the time the stuff admin, he but. did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the admin, the hard stuff. Uh, the thing no one else wants to do. He's yeah, he's the heart and soul of, of us. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So for this year, um, so I design and I make the terrain and usually I get a lot of people from the, um, you know, the community to come out and make sure that we have enough terrain. It's all built and painted, um, called them the LVO rescue squad. Um, a top judge, a head judge, and kind of like the head organizer of everything. Uh, so this year we're adding uh, a few people to our staff. So we have Sheldon Steer who ran LDO, LVOs in the past. He's going to be uh, our other uh, streamer helping out with the stream and also uh, a top judge. He's going to be doing what Giacomo does. So we have two people to make sure that it runs as smoothly as possible. Thank God. Um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you like to go to the bathroom like that I'm yeah there would, there would be times i would ask elliot like hey can you watch the stream so i can go to the restroom <laughs> <laughs> that's so, why i feel so bad for the warhammer guy like the, the world so it's like he did that by himself that's terrible uh we also have um so sheldon uh his other name that everyone knows him by is kill team stream uh, he is the stream guru, the stream master. So he's going to be very valuable to us to make sure everything runs smoothly and runs great and that we have the proper widgets and all that kind of stuff. Um, I make the stream. I do all the overlays, but um, they run it. And uh, so that uh, we can, everyone, everyone does what they're best at. I'm good at delegating. So um, we also have. He's bossy. Yes, very bossy. <laughs> um, I'm an only child, or no, I'm not only child. I was an only child for seven years, so that's where I got my bossiness from. Um, we have um, uh, Eric from Bad Orc uh, Media and uh, uh, KTC. He, which is the Kill Team Cascadia up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he is going to be also helping with admin and he's going to be the overall project manager. I'm going to give him all of the schedules and he's going to be walking around making sure that uh, everyone is on time and doing that kind of stuff. So he's going to be making sure that stream is is running correctly on time, uh, that the judges are running the same, uh, you know, narrative is going to be running, Sai is going to be doing the store, all that good stuff. And then finally, we have uh, Troy, 
Uh, Troy's been my friend since um, freshman year in high school and, uh, you know, taught him the game of 40K. Uh, I was in it that four years at the time and uh, he plays kill team um, from Idaho. So he's going to be a great addition for rules judge as well. Um, but yeah, that's the staff and that's what we were going to do at LVO. Um, I'm pretty excited um, about it overall because we should be getting art and dropping some t-shirts um, so that we can give our staff t-shirts uh, a certain color. All of our volunteers that are going to help come early, help us set up terrain uh, on Thursday and help us break down. They're going to get t-shirts or at least however many like, you know, tell us are going. Um, and, um, you know, we have quite a few volunteers this year, which is super great because in years past, Elliot, uh, how many volunteers oh, did you guys I mean, have? one year we had two staff, it was <laughs> me and Sheldon, and then the volunteers were whoever was around. I mean, there were volunteers, though, because we couldn't have done it ourselves. <laughs> I mean, I know some of the guys from the Kill Team Open, like, were there, but it's it's stressful when you don't know who's going to be there to help. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I'll be there. And then they're like, yeah, "Yeah, but I'm not getting there till Friday night. And you're like, well, we're playing Friday. So everything already (laughs) has to be done. But, um, I think the thing that I'm the most excited for is just how, uh, we've changed the format. Um, you know, in the past we had pods running on Friday, right. And then went into the kill team, uh, championships on Saturday and Sunday. And it just left us, you know, with, it, it ended up like in the, sometimes we had like two pods on Fridays. Remember, I think back in 2020, was it where we had two sets of pods where people played like six games in a day if they were willing. And it just, it, the nights just went so late. And then we'd have like four games on Saturday and, you know, this year it's changed, right? So that the, there's no pods, the main events kicking off on Friday and now it's just three, three and three through the weekend number of games per day. Right. So I think for, not just for us, I mean, like, you know, we get out of the hall so late, eat, go to bed and then wake up to do it. But for everybody else too, I mean, you can expect to be out of there by, is the hope by what, four thirty or five o'clock if we run over on time. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think there's the so hope. much to do in Vegas, yeah. right? There's so many great places to eat. And a lot of people have like friends there. I've got fl- friends playing all different multiple systems and stuff. So I just think in terms of like the socializing aspect that it's going to be such a, uh, you're going to be able to enjoy some of Las Vegas too, you know, with getting cut loose earlier and having the whole evening to, you know, make dinner reservations or you can see a show and you're not kind of like, you know, watching the clock or worrying if we hit a delay due to like BCP or something like that, God forbid. But, you know, it, th- those things have happened in the past and it's just going to be, I think, having so m- many more staff more judges and then you know more free time in the evening i think it's going to be uh the best experience that we've ever put on you know absolutely i i do think that every event is always going to have some sort of drama so we will have something we just don't know what it's going to be we're just going to best prepare for what we can um i think that 
uh, I think that a lot of the stuff that you said is going to be like, we're just trying to improve it year after year. And we're doing a different approach than Warhammer World Championships, Warhammer, the World Championships of Warhammer. We're doing the opposite of what they did. So they would start at eight and then they would end at eight because, you know, they had four hour rounds for the TOs, 12 hours, three games. Um, we're going to do three games, but we're trying to go from like, I think it's like eight or 9 AM to like four. So it's nowhere near, um, it's like a 10 hour, 10 hours or eight hours or whatever it is a day. So it's just like, it leaves so much more socializing and, uh, you know, thanks for pointing that out a little bit. Let's go to the strip clubs. Actually, I don't even really like strip clubs. Giacomo, you're going to be too busy. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We've had socializing for other people, not for us. (laughs) Yeah, the TOs, the TOs always get the the brunt under the stick because we always get get there early, make sure the stream is running, make sure all the terrain is still there. And we got to do hobby track. Hobby track. The prizes are still there. We're still going to be doing a night event, aren't we? Yes, on Friday night, we're going to be doing the uh, Kill Team After Dark, which is going to be a... Arena. A smaller okay. version of Kill Team where you use like three of your models um, and it's going to be faster paced. Hopefully that is the goal. It's going to um, be three people, right? Three people per mat and the mats are 18 inch, like I think dihexagons or something. And you start in like the center of each circle. And essentially the the, the lore around the event is that each player is a Drukari Lord and those players have all... Uh, stolen their kill teams and have put them into these uh, these Drukari arena um, pits. The goal of the event is to have like um, 3D printed uh, gold coins that we could bet on things and, you know, like whoever has the most gold at the end of the night, uh, you know, wins a prize. This feels um, very, very Vegas-y to me. It is very Vegas-y. Drukari you know? Vegas vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're still playtesting it, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. But if you guys are interested in it, I believe FLG, it did sell out, uh, just like Narrative. But um, FLG has opened up 10 more tickets for the After Dark event. Uh, it's only going to be for about two hours, two and a half hours on Friday night from like, I think it's 9 to 11 or something like that on Friday. So if your Britney Spears concert isn't running into conflict with that, uh, you know, you should come and... Uh, Come and be a Drakari Lord for the night and see how see how you feel. She's not in Vegas anymore. Yeah, I was gonna say you you had that oh, so close because that is where musicians go to die is Vegas. Mm-hmm. She's already <laughs> retired. Oh, I didn't know that. I just you see her so dancing close. like in her room with knives and stuff. You know, that's just her room. That's her. That's house. just her room. It's yeah. not Vegas. Casually dancing and dying. <laughs> Have you seen those videos? Of course, okay. the memes are great. <laughs> yeah, they are great. Um. But yeah, so like moving on to like a lot of the terrain that we've been building and doing, um, you know, the the format is also split into two different pods. We're going to have open for group A, into the dark for group B, and on day two, they swap. So, and then day three, everything gets merged together. And I think we're going to do 75% open. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. It should be pretty exciting. Uh, quite excited about a lot of it. I know we've talked about LVO a lot on this podcast, um, but we are super excited for it. We're super excited to put it on, and it's a huge part of our actual lives. Like, 
literally four to five months of the year, me, Giacomo, and Saya are just talking about LVO. We're just figuring out how to make this the best event that we can for everyone, right? Yes. Um, and it's it's a really big commitment for us. You know, like we do get a little bit of a kickback if people use our links, but not everyone does, right? So, um, but that's the only time that we really make money. Like Saya really helps us with our store try to get back into the black from all the, you know, we're going to have to rent a trailer this year. Uh, that's going to be a thing to bring all this extra terrain. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're pretty excited. Something uh, that really, any- something that really uh-huh. helps us out. I know that we talk about this, but it's, it's always like a weird thing to bring up, but we have 200 tickets available to us and we have sold over a hundred of them, but this is, you know, we still got a, what, nine weeks out um, we really encourage people who are going to go to buy their tickets a little bit earlier because it helps us figure out exactly what it is we need to bring and the amounts that we want to bring. And we're always trying to do bigger, better things and always try to make these events super one of a kind. Uh, and we can only do that when we have a better understanding of how many people are actually going to be at the events. But it also helps us with um, trying to figure out how, how to best use like our volunteers and our new staff. So if you are planning to come buying your tickets earlier through our affiliate link, please, uh, then later it really does help us out. Or if you guys are thinking that you might want to help volunteer, you know, please let us know. Tell us what time you're going to get there on Thursday or help clean up so that, you know, we can try to get you a shirt as well. And you'd have to tell us your size and and stuff like that. Um, We'll only have so many available, but, you know, um, that is the hope and dream of, (laughs) you know, to make this event as big as possible for the community from a third party source. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, Jack in the Box is like a Chinese menu. What? They sell egg rolls and you can get like bowls there too. Can I tell you guys something amazing? I don't about know. Jack after, in the Box? after Giacomo brought that up, I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. So I want to say no, Dakota, be quiet. But do it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it anyways because I don't listen to my wife. Ha. Oh my um, we went to Texas. And we ate at Jack in the Box in Texas. And I don't know what they put in their their tacos, but they are a million times better than the Jack in the Box tacos in California. Like every time I've gotten a Jack in the Box taco, it's soggy. It is what it is. It's a taco. It's good. But in Texas, it felt fresher. Maybe well, it's closer to the source. Maybe they make them maybe. in Texas. Yeah, maybe. And then they ship them to, to, to California. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I hate saying this. I do think that LA, like Mexican food, is better than anywhere else. But other than that, I think Texas really had LA beat for food. Like everything that we ate there was just phenomenal. Other than Mexican food. Their, yeah, their no, Mexican no, food in yeah. Texas was trash. Yeah, LA. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. What the hell? We, yeah. went, we went to like the biggest place in fort worth i forget what it's called it was like they're um, they're they're like they were like so well known i also it, i don't even remember the name that's how gross it was we were just it like, was Ugh. it was awful Under, yeah underwhelming unflavored and then but their barbecue Whew. yeah um i mean saya made <laughs> well, the mistake yeah, like, by getting no. the yeah she she got the like the shrimp uh I got, like, sh- shrimp diablo i got like yeah i got like some beef tacos the beef tacos were gross they were not good she got the, the, shrimp, the shrimp were not Diablo. Uh, and so. I mean, Ronnie, the, 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 we went to, you know, he's 
my colorblind friend, he was getting married. Uh, he said that she did make a mistake. She, he, he was like, hey, you don't go to Texas and buy the seafood, which is true, which is true. Um, well, but I will say they had, I mean, they're water, they had Whataburger there. It wasn't great, but. But it's always there. That's a reference to see if anyone gets that. No one's going to get it. I didn't get it, G. That's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Right over my head. You didn't watch the movie on the plane. It's fine. What, what movie? <laughs> the snakes on the plane? No, you just didn't watch the movie on the plane. That's why you don't get the reference. Oh. It's fine. I've seen Airplane. I'm confused now. Okay. No, um, <laughs> um, no it was a. Jack in the Box in Texas is way better than Texas uh, than American Jack in the Box. Okay, Hands Texas down. California. <laughs> California. <laughs> what did I say? What did California I say? California is America everywhere else. Is the other, just, just other. <laughs> I mean, there will be many people who agree with me. Yeah, uh, Texas was wild. It was like its own place. We would walk up, like I'd walk up and uh, like, like we saw this, this like steer. Like, have you guys ever seen like one of the Texas Longhorns in person? They have like the biggest horns I've ever seen in my life. They look like elephant tusks coming out the top of a cow head. It's insane. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. So we like drove to this place really fast. We saw them like walking through the city. I have to tell you, walking through Texas's city at nighttime, I'll tell you that in a second. We 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 went through this thing. A cowboy rode up to us on a horse who is a who was steering the cows and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's telling us all about the cows." And he's like, "Where are you from?" And we're like, from California, he's like, I'm sorry. And then he and left. Like, and he, he then got he off left. his horse and he left. <laughs> That's how anytime we told anyone from Texas, we were there, everyone was super welcoming, super nice. Anytime we told someone we were from, from California, they would just leave. When we rented our car, the lady's <laughs> like, Oh, can I have your driver's license? She's like, Oh, you guys planning to move here? And we're like, No. She's like, All right. <laughs> we're like, Okay. It was a very interesting experience. They hate Californians so much, but they do. Or at least, at, at least uh, the ones that found out we were from California. We we're saying we should have been from Canada um, or something, um, or any other state. So we <laughs> went to like the 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 pre night, the groom's party dinner or whatever it's called. Yeah. What is it called? The wedding reception. Regional. And they have this area in the downtown. Dinner. Yeah, we 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 went to this area in the downtown Fort Worth, and uh, it was legal to carry. Um, anywhere that was bricks. Okay, now I'm going to explain what about, that means. He's going to talk. He's talking about alcohol. I mean, yes, people are just but it was around. also guns. No, it was also guns. Yeah. Um, but like, mm-hmm. so the downtown area is completely bricked in this, like in certain areas, and wherever these bricks are, um, you could uh have uh you could carry alcohol in a cup and drink it was it. like a little Texas Vegas. It was really cute. It wasn't a little Texas Vegas. It was a hundred percent Texas Vegas. And yeah. you would just see all of these people like just like super, it was drunk. It, it was crazy. It was, I was like, I woke up in a different planet. They it were was, all ca- like when I got up to go, cause we, we all dressed up cause we went out to rehearsal dinner, but we were all in like, you know, very nice, like black dresses, black suits. And we go out and I went to the bathroom at one point and there was like 14 extremely drunk cowgirls in there. And I was like, this is wild. Like, like cowboy hats, like boots, everything. I thought this was the coolest experience of my life, but like it was definitely it was a little surreal. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever been to an area and then just felt like you were no longer like on planet Earth or like in America? Like it was just so vastly <laughs> different than anything you've ever experienced. Yeah, I've been to your house. 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Is that where you saw the airplane? Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> How about you, Elliot? Yeah, I've been done Anything crazy? Worth, and I liked it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, but the culture, I think... It was dope, right? Know, it was It's sick. a little more similar to Minnesota in certain ways. I don't know if it's because, like, we're both in the center of the country, and I've spent some time down, like, in Austin, too, but it's just, there is, like, a bit of, like, it's it's very its own culture being Texas, but there is, like, a little of, like, Midwestern stirred into it a little bit, I feel like. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, D.C. felt like another world and, like, not in a good way, man. Like, the first time I went to Nova, I stayed, like, in D.C. and not in, like, Virginia. And, like, I was, like, holding my breath, like, getting out of the freaking uh, Uber. Like, it was, like, I don't know. For being the capital, it was, like, crazy. Like, the liquor stores I went to there, it was just, it was, it felt dangerous, man. That was, like, being in another world. I was, like, is this America? And then it was, like... You know, two miles away, it's the White House. You're like, wow, this is crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> I felt the similar when in Baltimore. Yep. I, I was pretty sure that I almost died in Baltimore a couple times. That guy who was trying to steal you, well, steal you, he's like, get in my car, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> I was just walking down the road with my, with my, you know, and then like I had like, FBI agents approaching me, being like, "Hey, where you were are you out there like, oh, for you were dragging a suitcase. You look super yeah, yeah. suspicious." So I went there, yeah, before, and I had, and they had it like in yeah, like a yeah, downtown yeah. area, like right on the water, like in a little bay there, like at like a fancy convention center, and it was like actually like you know very like nice and upscale. Like it didn't. Uh, we stayed like downtown there, and uh, the food was great, and that. I know Baltimore has a bad reputation, but that part was very nice. Like apparently the areas that have money in cities are nice. So Yeah, it was Baltimore was scary because like when you're walking around in the winter and you've never seen like dead looking trees before, you're just like, Wow, this is like a horror movie. Bro, and then there's Bro, where we stayed? When I arrived yeah, like, and there was no one there, I was saying like, all right, there's a, there's a, there's a building that's been condemned next to us and another one that's being built next to us. And all I thought about was the movie Barbarian. Oh, I was thinking Circle of Life, <laughs> but okay. So like, I, I, I have a film of myself saying, this is where I'm going to die. And I just walked through the house <laughs> like, going like, yep, there's a secret door here that we can't get in. This is absolutely Barbarian. <laughs> you should watch Barbarian if you haven't seen Barbarian. I'm going to have to. I don't think I have. Have you seen Gen V yet, Giacomo? No. You I'm know, sad. anytime I tell you to see something, though, you won't watch it. And you'll only watch it if it, like, comes. I haven't finished uh, uh, Angels of Death either. <gasps> no, you You're haven't. trash, man. Dude, My we were supposed is. to watch it on the way back from Las Vegas Open, and we didn't. That's true. <laughs> I was driving. <laughs> but it was also, like, really late at night, and everyone yeah. was sleeping at that yeah, point. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was an exhausting event because we stayed up for like 48 hours before yeah. the uh, actual Thursday. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll finish it on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I want to do a shout out real quick um, as we are wrapping up. That's what it feels like we're doing right now. That is. But uh, uh, so every year, Squad Games likes to throw a little bit of a holiday party, a get together in December. Uh, and this year we are actually 
we have a, a home store now, I guess is what we're going to call it. We actually have a new game store opening up down here with a couple of buddies of ours. Uh, it's called Loaded Dice, and we are going to be throwing our holiday party this year on the 17th of December. And anybody's invited. If you guys are in California, we'd love to see you. But we usually do like ugly sweater contests and, you know, just some silly fun stuff. And it's just going to be a casual like kill team hangout, you know, bring your games and just have have a good time. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm going to win the ugly sweater contest. So she's going to try, but I'm bringing no, Ed no. Bart. You have to find it. I have. I, I found it. I, found I it. made <laughs> mine. I like specialty designed mine and I'm going to win it. So I feel like this should be we have a rule that none of us can win any of our own prizes. But I feel like it should go off the table for this particular event well, well, what's the prize i don't know last year I, I got the surprise we did the i did the warhammer munchkin game as like the the ugly sweater so i'll have to think of something for this year too but it's gonna be something that i want because i'm gonna win this prize well, you're not gonna win it if you buy the prize then you can now buy someone it. else is gonna dethrone you they're gonna take yeah the i'll prize. buy a bar no so. one no one is gonna beat. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's going to beat my sweater it is giacomo i'm not even gonna tell you what it, you're gonna be flabbergasted it's it's amazing now I want to beat your sweater. You can't because you don't know what it is. We're also going to be doing a white <laughs> elephant. It's going to be oh, a lot yeah. of fun. We mm-hmm. do have to make up the rules for that because we all think white elephant something different. So we're going to have to have a chat after this about what it, our expectations Well, what about. is a white elephant then? So, what is the white elephant? <laughs> traditionally speaking, um, usually white elephant is like it, it could be either a used item from your home that's in good condition that you're regifting or it's a gift that's like under twenty five dollars. Like you set the, the the amount and that you wrap it up and then you guys participate like that. So like in old school day, it used to be something from your home that like that was used, but in good, like an old, like a cookbook that you've never really used before, or like, you know, just something. Or a kill like team event. You're no, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just giving you examples. I'm giving you examples. What plastic box is under $25? But I'm saying that it's, and so I'm saying that like, you have to set what you're comfortable with money, but I'm saying that I feel like we're okay doing the white elephant because we're not charging like this is a free event. So the white elephant, you can choose to participate or not, but we are going to have to set a limit for like what we want because like someone can't show up with like a $200 item and they're going to get like a, a freaking keychain. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I mean, they could. It's just no. gambling at that point. No, dude, they're going to be so upset. So like, and I mean, I'm not allowed to argue with my wife. I think I figured that out through. I just want to listen. Though. But Giacomo, you can. <laughs> you can argue. Oh Dakota. Giacomo, you can argue. Elliot, you can argue. How do they do white elephants in the Midwest? Sorry, yo, me, but uh, is that like the white buffalo? No, I'm- they don't. <laughs> Punch in between. Uh, Say what? I was um, sorry, my battery was running a little low, so I was just checking it was on low power mode there. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It's like an anonymous gift giving thing, right? No worries. Like you just. Yeah, yeah, and but then is there an exchange process yeah, where you like bring a wraps gift. everybody gets yeah. a gift, and then you like swap gifts with people, or is it not that elaborate, or is it just like a mystery thing where you like? Anyway, so we should. So traditionally, how you're supposed to do it is like we would all draw like a number, number, and yeah. then and then you you take your gift and then yeah, you open it sounds... up, but the next person can either steal your gift or open another gift. 
So you want you want the 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 high number. Yeah, you want the you high want number. The end. Yeah, but I yeah. think like there are there is some like things that you can only steal like yeah, three times, no, or, or like a person can only be stolen from three times or something. Either that or the gift can only be stole like, <laughs> like, like like I don't know. See, like, now we just need the kill team rule writers to write rules for uh, why? So we can all elephant. argue about it and yeah. just be like, well, <laughs> I interpret the arguing. rules like this, so um, I don't know. Well, I'm not arguing. I'm not allowed to. I forgot. So, so let's let's finalize it here then. All right. Let's. We have to because it's confusing. Let's say thirty and under. Thirty and under is pretty good. Thirty and under, I think, okay. is fine. All right, thirty and under. Um, and again, we'll do you the, do not we'll do, have we'll to bring thing. a gift to come. Like you can still come. Yes. You just won't participate in that. Which is totally fine. Yes, totally fine. Um, we'll do the number thing. You can't steal it more than two. We'll say two, just based on how many. Yeah. Two, based on what I think the amount of people are going to come. Three, if it's even more than I'm thinking. Yeah. So I think we're sitting at, but here's the thing. Yeah, I'd say uh, a gift can't be sold more than, well, we can decide two to three times, and I think that's totally fine. Uh, we'll just all pull numbers from a hat when we get there, and I think we'll be fine. But this store is really cool. It's called Loaded Dice. It's right off the five in Santa Clarita, and it's it's like tucked away in a Hamburger Hill, which is like, that's what we call it, uh, if you're not familiar with that. But it is a bunch of restaurants yeah it, well it's it's a bunch of restaurants all clustered together and we have like a little you know sit down places as well and, and a really great sushi spot and but we also have things like in and out right there so it, it's a really good good location and i wish the store nothing but the best we got a sneak peek at the store dakota and i at least uh we went in we met the owners and we got to take a look at the store before they really got a lot of the furniture in there but they are going to be leaning really heavily into warhammer and they are all about community and the store is beautiful and sweet really so do people so just we're, play we're, games we're too or is it just a party here. okay but there's it's not yeah, structured it, like a tournament it's just kind of like a yeah. like a social yeah, just, hour. Yeah, it, that it's like a, fun though. No, it's it's casual. Absolutely casual play, ugly sweaters, and then like we'll probably provide like treats and stuff like that. Um, but Sweet. it's also just to be able to check out our new home store. So we're we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, the um, the uh, don't forget it's on December seventeenth. It starts mm-hmm. at ten a.m. and we're going till three p.m. Well, I mean, you can leave. When you're not held hostage there. Like. No, you're held hostage. <laughs> Are we arguing about that too? Just kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, I would like to shout out our Black Friday um, sale. This is the last week. It ends on Saturday on the, the 5th, so five days from now. Um, if you want any terrain or you want any tokens or anything like that from our store, please feel free to go and pick some stuff up. It's going to help with a lot of stuff. And uh, we thank you for your, your support. Uh, Also want to shout out our patrons Uh, without them. um, You know, this, this show would be a ton harder to, uh, to produce and make for everyone. And we thank everyone who pays us, who gets us, you know, gives us $2 from all the way up to our top tier, 20 bucks. Thank you all for so much. And uh, for, for, you know, helping out. Yeah. And, um, I guess I'm, I'm gonna do mine real quick, do my little bit. Um, I also would like to thank everyone on Patreon. They're awesome people. They do what they do and we appreciate it. If you want to join the conversation, we're on discord. You can find us at the squad games, discord link in the description. Uh, if you want to see what I'm doing, I like to paint every now and then. So I'm on Instagram at wargaming underscore studios. Again, that's wargaming underscore studios. And, um, I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Well, great. Well, I guess I'll just 
say my bit. You know, if you've been if you've been listening this long, you must be passionate about kill team. <laughs> if any part of your mind is like thinking that coming out to Vegas and hanging out with a hundred plus other people that really love kill team and a thousands of other people that love miniature gaming. Um, you know, do it. And even if you don't have somebody to go with, like I know a lot of people's friends are married and have kids or, you know, if it's within your means and you're listening to this thinking that it sounds like fun, go like you're not going to be by yourself. Like the first time I went to LVO, I went by myself. The first time I went to Nova, I went by myself, but I never felt alone ever. I always felt with the community and like, you know, anybody who comes is welcome to hang out with us, to come out to dinner and kick it with with us but you're not gonna have to do that because you're gonna meet people during the day and people playing that you know you're gonna vibe with and so if there's any part of your mind that uh, is like still thinking well like should i do that i'm telling you do it once you get out here going to these big conventions into these big tournaments it's just it's like a lifestyle that you're gonna want to continue and it's it's just you know, I wouldn't have these connections all over the United States and, you know, in England and Canada and all these different places if I didn't do this stuff. So it's just it's totally worth it. And if you can swing it, you know, it's still not too close to plan. I I don't know. It's It's been a big part of my life. And that's why I continue to do it. You know. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And until next week. Take care. See ya. See ya. The Squad Games Podcast is a production of Squad Games Entertainment. For more information on Squad Games, please visit our website at lustersworkshop.com slash squad dash games.